morning. Well, those were wonderful songs. I love the songs that the Lord has given this morning that lead us into his word. But before we begin with that, I just, I forgot to give um, a couple of announcements this morning. So I wanted to, I wanted to share those. And, uh, but the first one is I wanted to, us to remember Olga, that we've been praying for her this week. She had to have gallbladder surgery and she is doing pretty well, but you know, there's a little bit of pain that she's going to have for a few days and she's going home today. So, um, We'll just remember her in prayer as she recovers in this place. And then I have a great praise, and, and I love that the Lord reminded me of both of these places while we were singing. So as Raul and Nina came in this morning, Nina said her, her knees were hurting so bad and her shoulder and arm were hurting really bad. And they were hurting really bad last week, and they weren't even able to come because she was in so much pain but uh, she wanted to pray so we prayed and the Lord took away all her pain no pain at all right Nina still no pain I love it praise the Lord praise the Lord so I love these places that we can come and see his hand and it encourages us when we're praying sometimes as we uh come and pray for people if we're not careful unbelief slips in doesn't it and so I love these testimonies where we can be encouraged as we see God moving so we're going to continue to talk about Hanukkah today so if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to page 1237 uh, I'm sorry 1236 we're going to be in John chapter 10 Verse 22, while you're turning, I will remind you that we are having our Hanukkah celebration that will begin tonight at 6.30 to 7.30. And then Hanukkah will start tonight and it will last for eight days. So we hope you will make your plans to be with us tonight as we honor the Lord in this place. So let's read in John 10, starting in verse 22. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Last week we read a little further and the Lord helped us to understand some deep places in his teaching last week as we looked at Hanukkah and what it really means and that it commemorates the Maccabees' victories over the Greek and Syrian forces. It is also a place where the temple had been desecrated and defiled. The Maccabees, as they overcame the enemy, came into God's temple, cleansed the temple, restored God's holiness to the sacred places that had been defiled. And they rededicated the temple for worship 
of Jehovah. Today, I want to look at things a little bit more, and I love some of the things the Lord has shown me. They're things that I had not seen before, and, and I just praise him. Every year, he shows us a little different understanding and a little more, and I just bless him for helping us to see these things in a greater understanding. So first I want to talk, we're going to look at three different subjects really today about Hanukkah. The first is, why is Hanukkah an eight-day celebration? First of all, we were talking about the temple being defiled and being rededicated. You might want to know that the temple was purified and rededicated on the 25th of Kislev. Now the Hebrew calendar is not at all like our calendar, so that falls somewhere between late November and late December. But it changes every year because it's a lunar calendar, so the, the, the days are not going to be the same every year. So you will find that Hanukkah changes every year according to our calendar. The interesting thing, I think, and we've talked about this in years past, is the day that it was rededicated was the exact day and month several years prior to when the temple had been taken over by the Greek and Syrian army and was desecrated and uh, the lampstands torn out of the temple and thrown out and the altar defiled with pig's blood. So I just see God's perfect ways and his perfect uh, timing as he restored the temple on the same day uh, a few years later. The celebration of Hanukkah lasts for eight days. And some would say that that was because of the story of the oil where they relit the, the lamps. We talked about this a little bit last week, the menorahs. <coughs> Excuse me. And that the oil that they had was enough for only one day. And then they didn't have enough oil that had been purified to put into the lamps. And it takes eight days to purify and sanctify the oil according to God's ways to use in the lampstands. So they didn't have enough but one, one night. So they put the oil in. And as we talked last week, there was a great miracle that happened as the oil burned for eight days and eight nights and gave them the time to purify the oils so they could replenish these places. That is a great miracle. There is a lot of talk about whether that is legend or whether it's true. Uh, it is found in the Talmud. So I tend to believe that it's true. And I've seen God do so many miracles that this is not a stretch for me to believe in at all. But I don't believe that's really why they celebrated the feast for eight days. I believe that understanding from some scholars and some historians, Josephus even talked about this place of 
celebration and restoring the temple so that they could celebrate their feast. They had not been able to come to the temple for several years, so they had missed the opportunity to celebrate God's feast. You see, three times a year, God had called the Jewish people to come to Jerusalem, to the temple, and celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Sukkot. So they had missed this opportunity. I believe that had weighed heavily on their hearts. So I believe when the opportunity came that they could rededicate the temple and once again come in this place to worship the most, ho most holy God. I believe in that place they wanted to return to the way they knew how to worship and how to honor him, and that would be through his feast. He had established, this is how you will worship me. They wanted to show him, I believe, that their hearts were not only their temple rededicated, but their hearts were dedicated to this deep place of worship. So I believe they came celebrating the last feast that they missed, and that would be the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And as you remember, we studied tabernacles uh, several months ago, and tabernacles is an eight-day feast. It's actually a seven-day feast, you remember, and then the eighth day. So they celebrated, I believe, Sukkot, and then the eighth day uh, celebration. Therefore, Hanukkah became known as an eight-day celebration. I love that Sukkot is also a place, and, and I believe their hearts were in this place, it's a place of thanksgiving. So Sukkot is a place of remembering the things God has done and being thankful for his bounty and the harvest that he's provided. But you remember the eighth day and Sukkot also picture and foretell of something to come. Sukkot is the foretelling of the reign of Jesus for a thousand years on earth. And then the eighth day celebration is a foretelling of the new Jerusalem and of heaven. So I believe that they were looking in this place of thanksgiving, but they were also rejoicing in this place that they didn't understand the fullness, but of the hope to come. So one of the first things I want us to look at is this place. The first thing that we've talked about here is this thankful hearts, that they came worshiping at Hanukkah in thankful hearts. Thankful for the bounty that God had given, the many things God had done, but for the things that were to come. The promises that would be fulfilled. 
The next place that the Lord began to open up my understanding a little bit was over this word of dedication. We looked at this a little bit last week and talked about that where it says in John 10, 22, that it was now the feast of dedication. This word dedication, the Hebrew word is really Shanukah, I believe is how you say that. Is that right? Daniel, we'll go with that. Shanukah. So it actually has a C in front of Hanukkah. And actually, I think it's a real guttural sound, but I won't even attempt that. <laughs> and, uh, but the word here for dedication, the feast of dedication, is actually Hanukkah. And so oftentimes when Christians come to this place of celebrating Hanukkah, there is a lot of discussion of whether Christians should really join into Hanukkah celebration. Is this even biblical? So I think some things that the Lord has opened up today, I want to share with you as we see this is truly a biblical place and a place that Christians should join in. So the first place I want to turn to is on page 500. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7. In your Bible, it's going to be on page 500 if you're in the church Bible. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I think that one of the things that has pushed Christians away from celebrating Hanukkah is not understanding that Hanukkah is not something weird. It's not the Jewish Christmas. It's not just for the Jewish people. As we've talked before, we're grafted in to who they are. So what is for them is for you. So let's look and see where Hanukkah is in the Bible. Last week we talked about seeing it in Daniel and that it was prophesied that this place with the Maccabees would happen. So we saw that in Daniel. Today I want to look at this word dedication in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 8 and 9. This is at that time, Solomon. So Solomon has been, uh, they've been restoring the temple, and he is coming to this place of going to dedicate the temple right here. Oh, not restoring, he's been building the temple. And he is coming to this place of actually celebrating and dedicating this place of the temple. So it says in verse 8, At that time Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him. A very great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, isn't that interesting? On the eighth day, they held a sacred assembly, for they observed the dedication of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. Okay, so it says right here that Solomon and the Jewish people, all, came, all of Israel came together and they dedicated, they Hanukkah. If you look this word up in the Hebrew, the word right there is Hanukkah. 
So they Hanukkahed the altar. Now I want you to turn to page 158, Numbers 7. In fact, turn one page before that page, um, 157. I don't know what did I tell you, but turn to page 157, chapter 7, verse 1. This is Moses. It says, Now it came to pass when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle that he anointed it and consecrated it and all its furnishing, and the altar, and all its utensils. So he anointed them and consecrated them. Then the leaders of Israel, the heads of their father's houses, who were the leaders of the tribes, and over those who were numbered, made an offering. All right, now turn the page and jump with me down to chapter, I mean, verse 10. So Moses is consecrating the things in the tabernacle. Verse 10 says, Now the leaders offered the Hanukkah offering. They offered the dedication offering. That word there is Hanukkah. So the leaders came with Moses and brought the offering for the tabernacle, for the altar. They Hanukkahed the altar. All right. I want you to turn with me just one page over to Numbers, verse 84. Verse 84. This was the Hanukkah offering for the altar for the leaders of Israel when it was anointed 12 silver platters 12 silver bowls and 12 gold pans the Hanukkah offering this is how they dedicated what they were bringing to the Lord they Hanukkahed it I want you to hear that Then we see in verse 88, And all the oxen for sacrifice of the peace offerings were 24 bulls, and the ram 60, the male goat 60, the, male, uh, the lambs in their first year 60. This was the Hanukkah offering for the altar after it was anointed. This was the dedication this was the dedication offering this was the Hanukkah offering turn with me to Nehemiah page 564 verse 27 now at the 
Hanukkah of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the Hanukkah, the Hanukkah with gladness, both with thanksgiving and singing with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps. They Hanukkahed. They Hanukkahed. The wall of Jerusalem. All right, turn with me to page 635, Psalms 30. And Bill, thank you for that word this morning on understanding. I, I loved hearing that. Psalms 30, page 635. We won't read all of this psalms. Maybe today would be a great time for you to take a few minutes and read this psalms. Psalm 30 says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cry out to you and you healed me. This is a wonderful psalm. A wonderful praise, a wonderful place to bring a thanksgiving offering before the Lord. But if you notice, right above it, it says what this psalm was for. It says, a song at the dedication of the house of David. This psalm was actually Hanukkah, a dedication of the royal palace, if you will. The house of David. Turn with me to page 5, Genesis 4. I began to see that this place of Hanukkah was a very familiar understanding to these people. That when we talk about dedicating ourselves to the Lord, this is the understanding of Hanukkah. So the Lord began to remind me, he said, you know, a definition is best understood when it's defined by what God is defining it as, right? And he said the, the place to find that is where it's first used. So he took me back to Genesis 4, verse 17. Read with me. And Cain knew his wife, and they conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Enoch is, comes from the root word of Hanukkah. Shanak, and it means dedication. Now I want you to turn one page over. There's very little written about Enoch, but I want you to read what, what is written. Starting in verse 21, it says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. 
after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days Enoch's so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Now listen. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch dedicated. Enoch Hanukkah. The Lord began to show me. He said, do you see Enoch was a foreshadow and a foretelling, an understanding of what a believer's life should be. Dedicated to walking with Jesus. And then Jesus took him up. He never died. He never died. I want you to hear, I looked up this word dedication to see what exactly it meant. It means loyal. It means committed. It means devoted. Faithful follower, believer whose actions support his belief. Enoch walked with God. Is this not the call of believers? To be dedicated, to be Hanukkah, to walk with God in the fullness of what that means. And then we see the faithfulness of God shown in the life of Enoch, he never experienced death. God just lifted him from this world into the heavenly realm. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians, page 1358. Many of you probably are thinking about this very place. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Oh, I'm so sorry. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Enoch, a picture of the walk of a believer and the promise of God. 
Turn with me to John 11. It's on page 1237. Jesus is talking to Martha at the death of Lazarus. Page 1237, John 11, verse 25. And Jesus is talking to Martha. He says, and I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. The promise. Though he may die, he shall live. It's the picture in Enoch. Enoch was no more. Yet the Lord took him. Though you may die what looks physical here, there is no death. If you are in Christ Jesus, Paul reminds us of that. If you are in Christ Jesus, if you've been dedicated, if you've hanukkahed yourself before him. Then the Lord said, then I want you to talk about the festivals of lights. Why is Hanukkah called the festival of lights? We talked about that just a little bit. Some people believe it's because of the oil. I don't really believe that that's true either. Josephus claims that it is because the right to worship and to sacrifice in the temple brought life and light again to the children of God. And whereas that's true, and I believe that has some purpose here, I believe the Lord showed me that there is something else, and it's a foreshadowing. The place of Hanukkah, the place of dedication, the feast of dedication, whereas it was not a Levitical feast, it is a biblical feast. It's been talked about through all the scriptures we've just listed, but there are many more where the priest comes and, and uh, dedicates on the eighth day. He Hanukkahs, or when a, 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 the firstborn of any animal is dedicated to the Lord, it's Hanukkah. There are many, many places that you can go back and find numerous scriptures listing this understanding of Hanukkah. Yes, it is biblical. We see Jesus has joined up with it. So what I believe is just as God does, he used this place of the Maccabees to give us an understanding of the victory of light over darkness. Absolutely. 
of this understanding of dedication? Absolutely. But also, it is a foreshadow in the lighting of the candles, in the lighting of the menorah, in the lighting of the temple again, in this place of restoration. Turn with me to, let me grab a, a scripture for you. I want to go. Maybe I don't have that scripture down. I believe it's John 8. Let me see if I see that for you. Yes, John 8. Just turn back a page. Or, uh, John 8 on page 1232. Verse 12. And Jesus is speaking here, and he says to them, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What does Jesus mean when he says, I am the light of the world? I think the first thing that comes to mind is the lighting of the menorahs in the temple and in the tabernacles. As God's provision was that these would never go out, that these lights would be lit, these lamps would be lit, and they would never go out. This light was the only light in the temple. It was the only light in the tabernacle. It was completely dark. Yet when the menorahs were lit, they are a reflection, a foretelling of Jesus that overcomes the darkness, the light of the world. So I believe the first thing that we see in this festival of light, it reminds us of the light of menorahs, God's light in the dark world. I also was reminded that it is symbolic, the light in the menorah, the light in the temple, the light in the tabernacle. This light is symbolic of God's presence. God has always helped us to understand that through these places of his presence is seen oftentimes in fire. As we remember, he led the children of Israel in the wilderness by cloud by day and by fire by night. His presence was in the light. We remember Moses as he comes upon the burning bush and he finds himself on holy ground because he is in the presence of the Most High God. God's presence is in the light. But turn with me back to Genesis 1. You can put your marker here in uh, 
8, we'll come back to it in just a minute if you like. But turn to me, with me to Genesis 1, page 1. As I said earlier, God was reminding me that he defines things for us. And that when we're defining things, we have to seek out how he defines things. I want to read a, a few scriptures for you. It says, in the beginning, starting in verse 1, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. I looked up this word darkness. Darkness, it meant night. It also means obscurity. But the root word goes in much stronger definition. It means darkness. It means misery. It means destruction. It means death, sorrow, and wickedness. This was what was on the face of the earth. Death, misery, destruction, sorrow, wickedness. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. Tove. <laughs> Working as God intended. Functioning for God's purpose. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And so the evening and the morning were the first day. Now what I want you to understand here is right there in verse 3, it says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. He has not created the heavens. He has not created the sun or the moon. What created light? You see, he created the heavens and the earth, I'm sorry, and the sun and the moon on the fourth day. But on the first day, light. He called it forth. And he said, let there be light. And he divided the light from the darkness. The light was the very presence of God. And it was divided from the darkness. It had nothing to do with the sun. It's the very presence of God. Turn with me to Revelation 21. Page 1425. Page 1425. 
Revelation 21. I love chapter 21 because it's really an understanding of the eighth day of the new Jerusalem, of the new heaven and the new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth have passed away. And then it tells us over here in verse 22, it says, But I saw no temple in it. The Lord God Almighty... The lamb are in its temple. Verse 23 says, The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamb is its light. Turn back with me to John 8 on page 12, 20, I'm sorry, 1232. And Jesus is now talking to Martha at the death of Lazarus. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not where he is because we're not there. We're going to just look at, I'm sorry. This is where Jesus is just talking to his disciples. And he says, I, verse 12, Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He is the light. I want to show you a couple of other places that I believe the Lord helped tie this together for me. Turn with me to page 832, Isaiah 42. Even before the understanding of Jesus being the light, when he spoke to these people, they had an understanding that reflected back to this place in Isaiah that says in verse 6, chapter 42, verse 6 says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand and I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people as a light to the Gentiles. I, the Lord, have called you, Jesus, in righteousness and will hold your 
hand. And I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people. And those people as a light to the Gentiles. His presence was supposed to be in them. That they would be a light to the Gentiles. Now turn with me to... um, Matthew 5, it's on page uh, 1115. Matthew 5, verse 14. Jesus has just been talking about what it means to be a follower. He's just gone through what we call the Beatitudes, what it means for someone who is truly a believer, who is truly dedicated, who is truly a follower of Jesus. And in verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. His presence is going to be in you if you are dedicated to him. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. That they may see his presence in you. The Hanukkah lights. I believe, reflect this understanding of that Jesus is the light of the world. But we've been calling, we've been called to walk in the place of carrying that light to the world. Some say, should we celebrate Hanukkah? Turn with me to John 13. It's going to be on page 1240. Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples, but he says something here that I think goes far beyond just this one situation. He says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 
would this only be in this one place that Jesus was talking about? Or was he talking about his whole life is an example that we are to follow in? Such is the light. Such is celebrating Hanukkah. He went and celebrated Hanukkah. Now turn with me to 1 John, page 1398. Starting in verse 6, chapter 2, verse 6 of 1 John. He who says he abides in him. He who says he abides in Jesus ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. Oh, there's many, many reasons to celebrate Hanukkah. But Jesus was in the temple at Feast of Dedication at Hanukkah. I am devoted, committed, dedicated, and honored to celebrate with him this place of Hanukkah. I think there's three things we should come tonight remembering from this message, and I just want to run through them quickly with you. First of all, understanding this eight-day celebration and this connection to Sukkot brings us to a place of coming tonight with thankful hearts for the things that we've seen God do in our lives. And oh, he has done many. but for thankful hearts as well for the promises that he is faithful to keep. Number two is we come rededicating our temple tonight. We are the temple. The presence of God lives in you if you are dedicated to him. I pray that we would come tonight rededicating our temple to walk as Enoch walked. Dedicated to walk with God. Devoted to be faithful followers of his every ways, his every word. I believe that we should then remember this light that we carry is his light. It's not our own. 
It's his very presence. That in this place, we would be the light to the world. And may it be said that a great miracle has happened here. I'm going to ask Roger to turn off the lights for just a moment in just a second. And I'm going to give the symbolic understanding of how light overcomes the darkness. And then we'll stand and sing. I pray that you'll be able to celebrate with us tonight at 6.30. Can you cut these, please? If you'll stand with me, please. Make my life your temple, Lord, at this season's start. In my heart on this Hanukkah, on this feast of dedication, I dedicate myself to take my defiled altar come and cleanse and come repair so every time I falter I can run to meet you there on this Hanukkah on this feast of 
dedication I dedicate myself to you And with every candle on the menorah That illuminates the night Comes a prayer you'd kindle in me a shua, a desire for your fire, for your light. Oh, make of my mortal body a house worthy of your name. Rid me of what's ungodly and every hidden thing of shame on this Hanukkah on this feast of dedication I dedicate myself And with every candle on the menorah that illuminates the night comes my prayer you'd kindle in me, Messiah, a desire for your fire, for your I supply of oil, not enough to burn long, I fear, but oh, how I pray, I may one day say, a great miracle happened here, on this Hanukkah, on this feast. Dedication, I dedicate myself to you, my Yeshua.